Hello and welcome to the Green Room podcast. Here we invite a range of individuals from Manx Amateur Drama uh, to share their thoughts and experiences of their time on the stage, off the stage, and um, get their thoughts of what got them into drama, highlights, and uh, where they see the future of Manx Drama going. And you're here with... With myself, H, and we have a brace of leases today. <laughs> not often, not often you get to say that, to be honest with you. But uh, yes, we have two super talented leases who grace the Manx stage frequently. Uh, you'll know both of their voices, Lisa Smith and uh, Lisa Kreisky, uh, and as we're calling them today, or has been mentioned, amateur Lisa and professional Lisa. We might explain a bit more about that uh, in a moment. So let's start at the beginning, a very easy one. How did, or how did either of you, we'll start with amateur Lisa, how did you first get to the stage and something you've done since you were knee high, something you came to later on in life, where did it start for you? Well, hello, it's Lisa Smith as amateur Lisa, just so everyone knows. Oh, gosh, yes. But uh, I, said, I probably got it entirely wrong, didn't I? Yeah, Lisa, Lisa Smith. Lisa Smith, formerly Lisa Crichton. Um, so I'm getting too old. Um, yeah, so how did I get into it? Um, I, well, I did a couple of bits at school, but no, it wasn't a big thing when we were at school, really. Uh, I came to it when I moved to the Isle of Man and someone sent an email around our company and said, I am directing a play and I need bodies. So a couple of friends and uh, and I trotted along and became you know, bit parts in our first play with the service players, fur coat and nunickers, who played barmaids and bridesmaids and policewomen and, you know, all the kind of background characters. And that was my first play and my first experience on the Gaiety stage. What an, what an amazing debut. Good way to start. I know, on the Gaiety. So there we go. And that, that kicked it all off 23 years ago. No, I'm already. I told you, it was, yeah. Yeah, I told you I'm getting old. <laughs> Other Lisa? Other Lisa. Hello. Professional Lisa. Yeah. That's so, so cringy. But okay, Lisa Kreisky here. Um, so let me think. Well, I was in Christian World Theatre School uh, from the age of eight, I believe, when I came over to the Isle of Man. Um, prior to that, actually, my first experience on the stage was when I was three years old with the Toddington Amateur, Amateur Dramatic Society. Um before I moved obviously to the Isle of Man and I was the shrunken witch in The Wizard of Oz. And I had to, my my only um, carriage trait was I had to run around the, ca- the stage cackling. Um, and my mother t- still tells me to this day at 42 years old that I said that I would run around the stage but I would not cackle. And I didn't, I ran around the stage and I did not cackle. So there you go. <laughs> and well, then... Ironically, you do now actually run around the stage and cackle. <laughs> I literally made a career out of it. Um, but yes, then, when I was, I think the fir- my first experience of a, of a of a principal role was with the service players in Daisy Pulls It Off. Oh my God, yes. Strangely, yes, I know. And then obviously I went off to drama school to Mount View in London and uh, the rest is history, really. So so this is where the professional bit comes into it. So you then did, after Mount View, did work for, I don't know, you might be able to tell me, but, but, but for a, a time on the professional circuit. I did indeed, yes, I um. I, I worked, I think it was for about nine years before I came back to the Isle of Man to um to breed, to have my son. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, obviously, um, I was very lucky that when I came back, I was welcomed with open arms back into the Manx theatre world and I've had the amazing opportunity to play the most phenomenal roles since I've been back. Um, and I feel like I've been very, very, very lucky. Not only have I worked, obviously, with the amateur societies over here who put on these huge, amazing productions, um, I've also been fortunate enough to work with some professional companies that have come over um, and also, you know, the professional island-based companies. So I do feel like I've had a 
a really wide range of experience and when my son goes off to university or to work for NASA as I think he's probably going to do mm-hmm. um you know I'm I, I hope to go back into the professional industry if you like to call it that um with a wealth of experience that I probably wouldn't have gained if I wasn't on the Isle of Man um I've been really really fortunate and it's it's all thanks really to the societies and the companies over here that have given me that experience it's certainly something that we find that you, you, the island certainly punches above its weight that when people come to see well you mentioned the Gaiety Theatre it's an amazing space and we touched it on it in, in our in some of our other episodes such an incredible space and how lucky we are to have it um but the quality and it's something that strikes me when you watch it on the side the quality of the productions that put on are amazing absolutely um you know from the big musicals um that they put on over here to the the standard of the plays on the gaiety theater you know it really you really notice when you go to watch um amateur theater certainly elsewhere how what a high standard it is and not only the the people on the stage but the production values as well the sets the lighting they're all of professional quality and you we really are spoiled over here and i'm not complaining about it at all we are spoiled and also the island seems to be producing a, a an extraordinary amount of talent i think it was joe Locke in an interview recently uh was saying to was it gq possibly God, probably something fabulous like that. yeah um yeah, you know, it just the island produces a, an almost abnormal amount of uh, stage talent for the amount of people, obviously, that we've got here for our eighty thousand people or whatever it is. You know that the, the you know we're producing people like Joe Locke and Sam Barks, and mm. you know, would this be happening if it were just an eighty thousand person town in the UK? It just seems like I don't know what is it. What is it? It's the water. I don't know. It is. It's the Manx water. That's exactly what it yeah. is. I think. Well, coming on to sort of the, the strength then of the local scene, obviously one of the, we're here, it's the Max Amateur Drama podcast we're putting on. Um, a number of the things that we have and joked about young people coming in, uh, experience of the young actor of man and the young singer of man mm-hmm. that, um, and the one-act festival that takes place down in Port Erin um, each year. Obviously now this year we're merging it with the Easter Festival. What, what are your experiences? Do you have particular memories of, the, uh, of any of those festivals and highlights? Uh, yes, uh, the, well, the service players have been entering, entering into the One Act Festival for uh, well, as long as it's been going, um, and myself for at least two decades. And in fact, it's the first thing that Lisa Kreisky and I did together. I directed her in Babysitting Calvin oh my back goodness. in 2008, I think. I've forgotten what it was called, Chris Kane yeah. in a baby grow. Yeah. I still can Chris see Chris Kane playing a baby. and uh, to keep you up at night. Yeah, and riding around on Howard's back. <laughs> And like a pony, and uh, yes, Lisa won best supporting actress for that. And I think we bought we won best runner up play or something. And I remember in the in the green room actually afterwards, the adjudicator marveling over the fact I said I think I said you know an aside, a, a throwaway comment like I think we've only had the cast in all together in one room for maybe two rehearsals and the performance and he was absolutely astounded he said what wow what could you have done if you had had time to to rehearse this properly <laughs> yes well, i think in a way maybe it's it's the size of the album which helps with some of that in as much as everyone knows each other you know what i mean it's quite sort of intimate and that people have been they've been in the service players or they've been in the legion players or they've been in whatever it might be the choral union whatever quite often people have been doing it for years and years and years they know the other people in any case and so there's already a bit of 
a bit of sort of magic between them or they have an idea of what the other person's going to do and that in a way helps it's not total strangers being thrown together to actually try and put a production on i think that's true that's definitely true but also um you know there is there is that sort of um fear as well of i certainly get it in that people and because they know you they expect a lot from you so you almost feel like it's great to do a show with your friends but also there's that that standard that that is expected which is kind of nerve-wracking in a way um and i suppose that little bit of extra pressure that that helps on the other hand uh, to make it a really really quality production yeah i agree i think that it, I mean, what howard was saying was that's that is lovely there's this uh lovely lovely mingling between the societies yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's really nice and i think uh, michael lee's in your um other podcast was saying that uh in days gone by there was a little bit of frown you know it was frowned upon to go and do something outside of your society never never come back through yeah. the door again if you were in any other society yeah. production that's... yeah whereas i think that that's much more en- encouraged these days and necessary as well but you know um wouldn't it be nice, Lisa, to be able to be that person who just comes in and and is you just able to set it go, this is what I can do, and no one knows you. There's no preconceptions about what you've done and what you can do, and you don't feel like you have to uh, live up to the last performance that someone saw of you or anything like that and just be that... Um, that sort of that young up and coming person again like when I, I remember reading for Daphne Kane when she was casting 84 Charing Cross Road and uh and I did the reading and obviously I'd just done bit parts in fur coat and no knickers and all of a sudden everyone was like who's this who's this person who is this person and um and you know it was that was just that was just bizarre and a bizarre sort of moment for me and then I did I got the 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 main role of Helen Hunt for, uh, opposite you as uh as the bookseller and um, I remember well, yeah. Yeah. And can you believe how long ago that was? I don't know. I don't like to think about it, but I, no. one or two people still mention it. I think it was, <laughs> no. it was one of the sort of straighter things, the service players. We haven't done more straight plays, but the service players, having been known for doing lots of comedies and fast as drop your pants and all the rest of it, <laughs> this was nothing. It was a million miles away from that. It was very poignant. It was quite thoughtful. It was quite wordy. Mm-hmm. Very different for the service players. And, and I like to think we did it justice, but certainly people still, one or two people still say it was one of their sort of favourite things they'd seen the service players do in recent Same years. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that we're trying to get a, a sense of in this podcast is get people's experiences and thoughts and favourite productions and things you'd like to go against. So what is your, if we, if we bring it back then to um, whether it's a society production or one of the one-act plays, what would you say is your favourite production? And if we want to say, oh, it, if it's not the same one, what would you like to do again? Or, you, or an opportunity to do. It's easy. Mm. For me, Shirley Valentine, I've always wanted to play uh, that part and what better way, now, now I'm finally old enough to play her because I've been wanting to play her since mm. I was about 12, mm. um, what better way to play her than on the gaiety stage? I mean, it, it, I, I was speechless when Parker Snell asked me to do it and I'm, and I'm hoping that maybe they'll bring it back or take it on a little tour or anything. I'd do it in a dustbin if they asked me. I loved it. I loved it. It was great. And I had a sparkly pink set. Sold. <laughs> this is for you, Lisa. Oh, God, there's so many plays uh, that I adored. Um, it's, they're all so different, aren't they? You know, the comedies and the um, and the farces and the straight, the dramas. Oh, I can't choose. I mean, I do you know what? I think... 20 whatever years later I think I'd do a tour show on Crossroad again to see how I how I would 
do it now that I am more experienced. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it was a, it was an interesting and complex character because you, you, you're playing her. I think Anne Bancroft played her in the film. You're playing her from fairly a young woman all the way almost to her the end of her life. Yeah, it was. I think that I would certainly do it a little bit different now. Um, that was a really good play. But um, oh, watch I loved doing Blood Brothers with David Dawson and uh, and Three Legs Productions. That was that was a superb play. Um, and I remember we were going to do it again at the Easter Festival that year. We'd been invited, and then of course COVID hit. Uh, we were devastated, actually. We were all so excited. We were so looking forward to doing that again uh, a few months later, or three, four months, five months later. Um, we, were, we were all really on board for doing that. And then oh, and everything shut down, didn't it? Something else that I would love to... Uh, obviously, I, I just, I've just directed it, myself and Chrissy, uh, with our company. We just directed um, a play called Elegies for Angels, Punks and Raging Queens. Now, I would love to do that again maybe in another 20 years because it's very telling of the world in which it's set and I and you know there's lots of parallels that you pull in even though it's set in the 80s there's lots of parallels that you pull it pull in to the world today and I wonder what the world would be like in another 20 years that people will take have a different takeaway from it um I don't think I've ever been so proud doing a production, producing a production in my life than I was then. And we had a huge cast. We we rehearsed it and performed it completely differently to the way it's ever been done before. So I would just, and, and uh, the camaraderie with the cast during that production, I would love to see how different a show it would be in 20 years' time. So on the production mm -hmm. side, that's the one that I'd probably do again. It's interesting and amazing that the friendships that you build up and the camaraderie that you get and some certain groups aren't societies but when you act together you start to find because you're mixing around you, you do get that 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 connection which you build up and you have a really intense period mm. during a production and then you step away and then you come back and you might not have seen someone for two or three months in between shows but yet is that yeah. you, you pick things up absolutely as if there's when those connections and, and reforming those because you're when you're on the stage you're not just you're not bringing, yes, you bring yourself, but also you're bringing a character. So it's a different interaction of characters. Mm -hmm. So you, whilst you might have had an interaction with a character one way in production, then you have a different one. It's a slightly different, mm -hmm. different way. It's funny you should pick that up, actually, because we were talking, obviously, about Young Actor of Man earlier on. And when I won Young Actor, I don't like to go on about it, but, <laughs> but when I won Young Actor in 1996, oh my gosh, that makes me sound so old. Um, the prize was um, this, I think it was a summer school or an Easter school or something. I think it was about a week long and it was in this huge like convent place in Chelmsford or somewhere. Anyway, it was, it was run by the University of East Anglia and it was this week long drama school and you went and you, it was in the UK and you met all these different people and you learned all these different various things. It was absolutely fantastic. And one of the girls that I befriended there, because obviously you boarded there, one of the girls that I befriended there, I ended up then at drama school with two years later. Oh, lovely. And we're still friends now. And just, you know, obviously those those friendships that you form in that intense period mm. can be lifelong, um, even if it's not from the Isle of Man. You know, and I do think that it is fan it is fantastic the way that the the Isle of Man gives you that confidence to go away and 
and if you want to further further your your education in drama it gives you that confidence to go away and do that how would you say as a as a as a, as a winner of the, the young actor of man how would you say that that set you up and, or, or what what that did for you and then your subsequent time in drama again the, going back to the confidence thing um it gave me so it gave me the confidence to think actually perhaps i can do this that experience of going away made me less nervous of going off the isle of man um i think sometimes we have as a young person we have a fear of of what's over the water if you like um and because Young Actor of Man gave me that experience to go away. I was then able to think perhaps I can go away to London and go to drama school and all. And, and I did. And I had the most fantastic education, the most fantastic experience. But I think if I hadn't had that confidence that the the community on the Isle of Man had given me, then I don't think I would have done that. Mm. A little boost. Did yeah. you go away, John? When, when you won the... Um... Now, you see, I wasn't going to mention that. But yes, as, as another, another winner, uh, 2006... Uh, of the Irishman, man yeah that was a great it was a it's a wonderful experience so obviously you, you're just used to not to say a bubble but you, you have a group here and it's very comfortable and it, but it does that confidence that you get from the it's such a supportive um environment in manx drama yeah, everyone loves and support you don't have a rivalry between groups it everyone just loves and you, you, you want to get involved for theater for its sake so i went to um scarborough i think but I, then i followed up second year mm-hmm. so i enjoyed it so much the first year I then went back a second year. Same. Just paid because thankfully, very kindly, uh, Mad for paid for, paid for me to go for the first year, and then I paid to go the second year. So I loved it so much. And you get given a script in advance, and you have to learn it like you would professionally. You turn yeah. up, knowing your parts, mm. audition, and then put it on. What a wonderful so, opportunity! And um, yeah. and also, you know, then when I came back to the Isle of Man, I then found myself self coaching people for young actor of man, for young singer of man. So I could take that experience and pass it on, which I think is a really, really rare opportunity to be able to go back to where you were nurtured and supported and and taught and then pass that knowledge on to the upcoming generation. And we're seeing loads of that at the moment, you know, myself and Chrissy and, you know, loads of people on the Isle of Man. Damien Neal's just come back to the island after being on being on tour with Les Mis. Um, He's come back and now he's passing that you know, audition knowledge onto people who perhaps want to go to drama school, perhaps want to do young actor, or even just audition technique. We can take what we've learned and pass that on, which I find really, really exciting. And I've seen some absolutely amazing people coming up. Um, and when they, you know, when they do go on to do well, I, I feel like it's one of my children. <laughs> mm-hmm. As much as we see. So I, I think the societies have... They're splintered a little bit. I mean, certain groups that go on because it, it's friends, it's friends that get together. But do you find? I mean, it, there's often comments about amateur drama, and it's it's on the wane. It's not quite as popular. People more into gaming and everything. But from what we're saying here, there's there's, there's a, a huge wealth of talent, and in fact, it's a much broader rather than just through societies. People are getting that support from individuals who've maybe come up through societies, coming back and giving that coaching in that environment so then get them on so I know Sharon my wife when we all went that she organised with Mad for the, 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 the One Act and the um, Young Actor of Man festivals there's so many people that apply mm. huge numbers far more than I did back in in, in my day uh, when, how many, how many, 12 I think there's one point that we have 50 people wow. applying one year for, for, for the act it's incredible numbers mm. wow. that you get in that's true 
And I just love the one-act festival. I think, uh, I mean, I'm just so grateful for, for Madva for giving us that because it's just such a wonderful um, breeding ground for talent. I mean, at the moment, we've got this wonderful uh, actress called Helen McKenna who's wanted to have a little go at directing. And I said, well, why don't you direct this play that I've written? Uh, you know, I was kind of, I was, we had someone who was thinking about directing or co-directing and and I thought, well, I could co-direct with someone. I said, well, how about, how about you, you take that on and you know because it's just such a you don't have to worry about anything any of the sort of periphery stuff you don't have to worry about marketing it you don't have to worry about any of the admin you know or Madford does all of that because it's part of the festival and you just have to worry about um putting that vision on the stage and uh you know so it's it's a lovely um it's a lovely place for people to you know mm. be encouraged and, and nurtured to you know up-and-coming directors and 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 actors as well because of course you know it's not that high pressure i mean i don't think it is anyway i, mean, I know some people find Friendly it difficult to be dead. Dead. Yeah. i think it is very supportive yeah. i was actually going to touch on that because you have written quite a few plays and they've been performed over here in the one acts and one various festivals as well how does that work for you then because it's, it's an interesting sort of i suppose juxtaposition if you're actually a, an actress and maybe a director and you've written the play and you could be in any one of those roles having written it either directing it or actually performing in it how does that work for you then, particularly if you're sort of directing it and you've got other people performing in something that you've conjured up in your mind? Yeah. So you probably, when you were writing it, had very specific ideas of what those characters were. You've got yeah. to work with what you've got, so they might not necessarily be exactly <laughs> what I've seen. I mean, how, how does that work for you? It's a really interesting process because, yes, you you write something and it is absolutely in your mind, oh, OK, I had them doing this or saying it that way. And often I will just say to someone, hmm that's actually, if you could just try saying it like that, that's how I imagined it when I wrote it. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And of course, you've got to give all the actors the ability to interpret the role as they see fit. And, you know, and I'm, uh, you know, I have to give them the room to do that. And like, oh, all sorts of interesting things come, come out of that uh, as well. And But it's never been so um, curious to me, the whole process, as sort of having Helen direct this one for me, because, of course, she is putting her interpretation on as well as the actors so i turned up at a rehearsal the other night and they had already been rehearsing a, a scene and uh, i was like oh what are they doing there then and she said oh yes yeah, so we've got it we're gonna have that sofa there and then they're gonna be doing and they're gonna be doing that because i thought that you know i'm like wow that's not at all how i wrote it but i mean that works that absolutely works and and she sort of looks at, looked at me like oh have i done something wrong like, no, no 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 you haven't no that you must do it as you see fit it's just that when i wrote it i had i wrote it that i just yeah, they were in a bedroom doing this and and but that's that works really well. I hadn't thought of doing it like that you know it's lovely having someone else's interpreter I have to obviously have to mm, shut up shut up take lots of good, good opportunities to shut up I think you're, I think you're very brave letting somebody else direct your direct something that you've written and that has been created in your brain and you must have and and rightly so so much faith in Helen because she's Fabulous, yeah. Um, but oh, I don't know if I could do that. I think I might be a bit too much of a control freak. Good plays. Is that what we got one brewing then yeah. to, to, to write a play? No, have you got a play in you? Yeah, you've never. Oh yes, Chrissy and I did write a play for Theatre Fest actually. Right. Well, it was a musical um, called um, Megan and Me, and the amazing um, David Holland wrote the music for it, and it was actually went down really, really well. But we've been so busy since then with various productions and you know life young children and what have you that we just haven't had a chance to develop it but i would absolutely love to yeah but i might pick lisa's brains up no, we don't. <laughs> bring might, people together That's might, might have something brewing here mm -hmm. you might have created a monster <laughs>
Well, speaking of monsters and, and uh, you've been involved in, as we're talking, you're involved in Young Frankenstein, but you cross over regularly between musical theatre and just straight drama. What's the difference there? A totally different technique? How do you find it? Because it's, it's, it's not exactly the same. And as John was saying, in many ways, certainly on the island at least, it seems to me over the last few years, musical drama and the big shows have taken off and become more popular than ever. The big productions, whether it's by uh, Tellurian or the Operatics or the Choral or whatever, these big musical, full-on musicals, whereas the straight plays sometimes perhaps have, have become harder to sometimes get people involved in and, and don't seem to have the popularity they might have had 30, 40 years ago. Well, I think that for me, um, I, I have to keep myself amused. I get bored very, very easily. So um, as varied as I can possibly be, the better. Um, I love the big musicals because for me, um, because I'm not anything to do with the production side of the big musicals, I can go in, I can jump about the stage, be silly, be crazy, and then go home again. Whereas um, a lot of the time with the plays, I'm 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 involved in the production side, um, or certainly with Shirley Valentine, it was just me. So um, I just um, it's a very different style, and also the rehearsal period is very very different. With um, over here with a big musical, you will be rehearsing for at the minimum four months, um, and because obviously a lot of the people involved have jobs during the day, um, but not not necessarily with the service player stuff that I've done, but certainly with the um, the Parker Stell um, productions that I've done. They reserve me for two weeks. We rehearse, um, and during the day it's a, a, an intensive rehearsal period, and then it goes on at the end of the second week. Week. That's something that I really really enjoy. I re I I enjoy the intensive rehearsal periods. When I did Panto this year was shown. Um, we got our scripts four days before we started rehearsing. We rehearsed for six days. We were in the theatre, we were on. And because it's a job um, and they reserve you for those two or three weeks, um, it's your whole life, which I, I I like that. I like having something that's intensive and, uh, you know, you can develop your character as quickly as possible. It, it reminds me of being... Back in the day when I was back in the UK um, and working professionally, I, I, I enjoy that. But sometimes it's nice to just go in, do your bit, go home again and know that somebody else is taking care of everything else, like the costumes and the lighting and the and the production values. Um, I enjoy that as well. Do you find character development that, because if, if you only get, to, so you said three or four days before you then into rehearsal process, how do you find developing a character between doing it in a slightly longer process, like say three or four months, where you really get to know the character? And sometimes I find with characters, you pick them up as you go along. But if, if you're only doing it with, say, two or three days and then you're in rehearsals, how do you find do you develop the character? But you have to remember that in those two or three days, you're rehearsing from 10 in the morning till six at night. So you're living, sound, it sounds slightly, slightly actory, but you're living in the character. So it develops naturally. Whereas sometimes I think when, when it's a, a longer rehearsal period, it's almost, oh, I don't want to say this, but always diluted because you have so long to think about it and you're, and you're repeating it so much. For me as an actor, if I'm doing a long rehearsal period, I'll try and do it different every time because otherwise you lose some of the, some of the spontaneity, but also some of the joy sometimes. 
So um, for me, a shorter rehearsal period, I find easier in a way because you can put your life on hold for those two weeks. You know that for these two weeks, I'm going to be living in this character um, and you're so focused and so intent on that character that it develops naturally. Um, yeah, I think I would much prefer that process. I mean, I do prefer when we had, like when we did um, the Paradox Theatre um, production of uh, Much Do About Nothing. I mean, it was sort of five weeks, wasn't it? It wasn't, you know, a week or a few days. But um, I do, I mean, obviously it's not always possible with amateur theatre, is it? I mean, because we've all got lives and it's difficult to schedule things and uh, people don't necessarily want three or four rehearsals a week. But uh, I, I really enjoyed that process. And of course, you, you expected to turn up and knowing your lines and some people did and some people didn't and, you know, to greater or lesser degrees. Uh, but... I thought that that was really nice trying to trying to get it done in sort of a month and then going on. Yeah, I, I much um, prefer that than a longer rehearsal schedule. Shakespeare, so it adds an extra level of complexity. Yeah. You're actually going to try and understand what you're saying before you then need to try. I don't know. There was some of that in Panto as well. <laughs> go on and go, what did I actually just say? That didn't make sense at all. <laughs> just cackle and cover it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, uh, we could probably talk all afternoon, but uh, it's been lovely just sharing a few memories and thoughts about your acting careers from early days what inspires you what you're doing now just uh, just to finish off maybe plans going forward anything coming up so at least you, you've sort of hinted maybe you might go back to the professional stage at some stage well it'll be a few years yes i think but um for me this year is after young frankenstein this year is going to be all about traveling and spending time with my boy before he's too old to want to hang out with me Aww. <laughs> He'll hang out with you forever, surely. surely. As long as I take him on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> He's not that deaf. <laughs> what about you, Lisa? You, uh, any plans? Any more plans? More writing? More directing? Uh, either, neither, both? Not sure about directing, but with service players are uh, reading for their June production at the Gaiety uh, in the next couple of weeks, and we are in negotiations about our November production as well, uh, which will definitely be a comedy, and Alex Brindley will direct. He has to now because I've said it. But we're just uh, deciding on which one to do. Uh, but that, and that and the One Act Festival, of course, which is what we're working on at the moment. That's terrific. Exciting. Well, wonderful. Well, listen, thanks ever so much for uh, spending a few minutes with John and myself today. So uh, I'll get them right this time. Lisa Smith. Lisa Kreisky. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank and you. Uh, yes, break a leg and whatever your next production is. Thanks. Thank you.